Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are sisters who love to chat and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. We want to share the stories of ordinary people and have some laughs along the way. I'm Delight. I'm the older one. I'm August, and I'm the younger one. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. All right, everybody. (laughs) Don't you just love what I just decide I'm going to start out talking and you're just like, okay. I'm totally fine with it. It's just that it leaves my jaw like, ah. (laughs) Well, we have Alicia here with us again. Welcome back. For part two. Thank you for joining us again. It's so fun. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you ladies. Mm -hmm. All right. You can have the stage now. Oh, I thought you were just had it covered. No, go for it. (laughs) I'll let you. All right. Well, it was really fun talking last week just with you and hearing parts of your story and um, your love story is fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little more about you were talking last time just about the desire to get married and some of your journey of the, with the Lord of that and trusting him to bring you a husband and some of your mistakes along the way. You appreciate your honesty with all of that. And, mm-hmm. um, okay. So how old were you when you got married then? I was 30 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, that's almost probably almost 10 years after you were kind of thinking, okay, it's time I'm ready. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, you shared some of that journey, but like, can you talk to me a little bit about starting off your marriage as like an older adult? Like you lived a lot of adult life before you were living it with someone. And so even having like, yeah, a lot of independence, right. Apart from yeah. your parents and, and apart from a husband. Right. I'm wondering if you feel like, was it just like, oh, finally, or were there challenges because you were already pretty established in your own self? Like, I guess it could go either way, but I tend to do that. I ask a question and then I'm like answering both things and you can just tell me the answer. I don't have to do that for you. Um, My answer would be yes and no. Yeah. Um, obviously when anybody gets married, there's a big period of adjustment and challenges, um, that come with like getting used to living with and doing life with somebody else, no matter what age you are. But like you pointed out, um, maybe the the older you are, the more life you've lived and grown used to being independent and having your own schedule and, Mm -hmm. um, totally. You know, it can be more challenging. I think the fact that I was never established in the fact that um, I had never lived on my own. Right. I had never lived on my own. Yeah. I like had you were always lived with other people lot, in the house. Yep. A lot of my 20s with uh, my parents, actually. I always had roommates in college. I lived with different families in college. Um, and then even going into missions, it was dorm or community kind of life so I think even you know even though we did have our challenges and adjustments that it was a little easier that I wasn't so established like I didn't Mm -hmm. own a house and have my own place and right um all of that but um I think 
I think maybe our personalities did. Those were some of our biggest challenges the first year because I am so independent and free spirited. <laughs> and, um, but I think, yes, when August Same. is raising her hand, <laughs> yes. like, I feel you. <laughs> um, and both Moses and I had to get used to like, checking in with the other person to make plans mm-hmm. and hey this is where I'm going to be and or remembering to tell each other if we weren't going to be able to make it home when we thought we would and just things like that like getting used to checking in with another person yeah um but I would also say on the flip side um although that was challenging about getting married a little older I think we both knew ourselves better than we would have when we were 20. Yeah. And like that life experience has actually benefited our marriage, like just being more rooted in Christ and knowing ourselves better and taking that all into our marriage. I mean, honestly, I have said this a lot, like, thank God, like I did not get married when I was 20 because I just think of all that I've worked through with the Lord. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I still have very, very far to go, but I'm grateful for what God brought me through mm-hmm. before getting married so that I didn't have to bring those things into my marriage. Yeah. Do you feel like that about parenting also? Yes. Like there are parts of parenting that I feel like, because I'm saying you and I both were, you know, in our thirties when we started parenting instead of in our twenties, like a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's both, you know, there are parts where I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, again, you and I both were like teaching Sunday school when we were really young and being, you know, babysitting and very energetic, like good, good with kids kind of people. And so there's some ways where I, I felt like by the time I started parenting, I was a little bit burnt out of all of that. I don't know if you feel that or not. Like I was excited to be parenting, but at the same time I was like, okay, I could see how if I started this when I was 18, I would have been like physically in some ways and mentally a little more energetic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, emotionally, I feel like there's a lot of places where it's a blessing to be for the same reasons, a little older. So, um, I definitely feel the same way. Um, and I think your question about, you know, being older, getting married and just getting on a routine with someone else, I would say that has been more challenging for me with parenting than it was with getting married. Mm -hmm. Um, makes sense that, yeah, I was so used to a very independent lifestyle. Whereas maybe if I had children when I was 22, it just that would have become my adult normal, but I like had an adult normal and now had to learn how to be a mom, right? And to be a lot less selfish and to not only be thinking of myself and Moses, but actually what do, what does Sebastian need first? And you know, what I want is very secondary to that. And so, um, but that's been a really big adjustment, but again, on the same token, I feel like I've, I've gotten to travel and I've got to have all of these experiences and I've gotten to finish my education like before having kids. And I'm really grateful for that. I Mm -hmm. feel like, um, 
Yeah, it's a yeah, blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people feel like they wait until they're empty nesters to be able to have some of the experiences that I've already gotten to have. So, yep. yeah, I think about that too. Like, it's interesting because there's certain things that, yeah, maybe I did before kids that some people do, like, maybe once their kids are all graduated, right. where I'm going to be an older parent, you know, when my child's in high school, mm-hmm. my oldest, if mm-hmm. we, if the Lord blesses us with more, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be just about 50 rather than somebody who starts out younger. But I think right. like that's the beauty of the kingdom of God and the fact that we all, I don't know, he works in all those different ways and he, he plans that out, you know, like we don't, we didn't have to, he knew how mm-hmm. old we'd be when we got married and he knew how old we'd be when we started parenting. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's people that get married and start it all when they're like 18 and they have different challenges than we mm-hmm. have. But I think oh, it's, yeah. it's no less challenging, but tell us about that as far as when you started, um, once you got married, then how soon, you know, did you, start having children or how was that process for the two of you? And even for you, like obviously Moses grew up in Uganda, but for you, you didn't grow up there. And I can imagine that there's some, some thought thinking about raising children in a totally different culture than you were raised. And so, yeah. How did you process all of that? Did you mean as far as like, um, like, ways of parenting and how we wanted to parent our kids yeah I think both or even like timing of or having, even yeah having a child in a third world country mm-hmm. and all of those all of those things and yeah deciding like I don't I don't know because I don't live there but I would guess that there's just certain things that you would have wanted to make sure were kind of in place before you were gonna bring a bring a child into it maybe mm-hmm. then again people just do you know fly by the seat of their pants and I think that were, that works too but I know you and know you're very like specific and um have some a perfectionist you know and like to do things well and mm-hmm. um yes so obviously even when Moses and I were not even yet engaged you know you start thinking about kids mm-hmm. and just what will the timing be and where will we be and all of that so um one incredible thing is that in Jinja, the city that we live in, in Uganda, we have a lot of cross-cultural married friends and families. Like mm-hmm. we have an incredible, incredible community and we actually have a group. We are getting together all the time, but we have an official meeting once a month where we do food and all the kids play together. And so they were an awesome, incredible like resource for us. Mm, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And it so was just... Important. Yes. Um, encouraging to see like that they could do it and to see all the different options of what to do. So um, that and was those are like mixed cultural marriages, you're saying mm-hmm. that group of people. OK. Yep. So people from other countries married to Ugandans. OK. Mostly they're in Uganda. And so um, in thinking about giving birth, um, I thought about the different options, but we did not end up getting any type of permanent residency visa for Moses before getting married. Um, And so because of that, him getting here can be challenging 
or in deciding to come, it's always like, oh, will his visa be accepted or will it not? To the U.S., you mean, right? To in him coming to the U.S. And so in thinking about having kids, we decided that I would like to give birth in Uganda because I didn't want to risk him not being able to be there for it. Totally. Um, and there are a lot of good international hospitals that I have had friends who have given birth there and even had challenges with the birth and just been really well taken care of. Mm -hmm. So that was our plan. And so I actually uh, got pregnant at the beginning of 2018. So we got married in the middle of 2016, about a year and a half later. Um, I got pregnant and we were planning on giving birth right there in Uganda. Um, and so I had gone for an ultrasound and they saw how far along I was. And um, I was going through all of the morning sickness and all of that, but we were um, really excited and I'm trying to think of the timing. So this was all within the first trimester, and we went um, at about 12 weeks to get a kind of a more official checkup and all of that. And so uh, we went in, and things are just so different there, too, with a doctor-patient confidentiality and who's allowed to say what and whatever. So we had gone they in They don't have to HIPAA have there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I went to get the ultrasound and normally that person would see what they see, but then would relay it to the doctor and the doctor would have an official conversation about how everything is with the baby. And mm -hmm. But actually the ultrasound tech just said there, we don't see a baby. Mm. And I was like, what does mm. that mean? <laughs> right. And he said that I had like the placenta was there but that he, there was not a baby or a heartbeat mm. and I mean we were just in shock like I didn't know what to think but then I was like is he right is he wrong and then I'm like I don't even think he's supposed to tell me like I want to talk to my doctor and right. like we were just confused and then he kind of threw out a terminology of what it was called and so I don't know it was I don't know. We went back into the waiting room. We're waiting to see the doctor. And then we're like frantically trying to Google this term. And what does right. it mean? And is that actually what's happening? And um, so the doctor like confirmed that. And it is when it the embryo like doesn't fully get implanted and all of that. So like eptopic? Yes. Okay. Um, so I wanted to like, make sure, make sure. So this was kind of a specialty hospital that we had traveled to go visit. And we went back to our more normal hospital near our home. And they said, listen, we don't want, like, we want you to wait. And we want to see because especially during the first trimester, like, you're not always able to see everything. The baby is still so young. Mm -hmm. And so let's just wait. And we want you to come back after a certain number of weeks for another ultrasound. So we were all praying like crazy. All of our family and friends were praying. And um, was that a difficult, like, 
I can only imagine that that would be kind of a difficult, right, being difficult like, time, that waiting right. of, like, yeah. I don't know if I'm pregnant or... And did like, you have a feeling, like... Yeah, whether, that would be really yeah, did weird. Did you feel at all any... Like, were you feeling anything in your body, like what was going on, or well, just felt... trying to be excited, but not... Oh, that would... I feel like... Right. I was trying to not get very excited, <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet I was excited. I don't know. Um, yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. very weird. And I feel like the way, I don't know, the doctors could have maybe been gentler with it. I think it was also a bit hard. Just It was kind of matter of fact. Mm. And I was like wait like this is our baby mm-hmm. and so right like a, a baby was still formed even if it didn't make it up to your uterus you know like right right and <sighs> so one night I I woke up at like 3 a.m in really extreme pain terrible pain and I there was just a lot of blood I was bleeding like crazy and I knew something was really wrong and so we we rushed into the hospital and but like there was nothing they could do I was in the process of losing um so they waited until I like fully lost the baby and but the baby had not come out and so they had to Mm. do why am I not even thinking of the procedure DNC yeah they had to do a dnc which also again so i mean we were like in extreme grief we had and and even through those weeks of like do we still have the baby and should we grieve or should we be excited but then it was through losing the baby it was confirmed that i was pregnant and mm-hmm. yeah we're like processing and grieving all of that and then like worried about having this procedure as well because we were back in our hometown hospital which was not as good. not as clean or not as like just the uh not as knowledgeable maybe not as knowledgeable and the equipment that they have just not as able or whatever mm-hmm. and um Moses was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. And we texted friends of ours, Delight knows Nixon and Chastity. And they have four kids and they just all showed up at the hospital and they were there with us for the whole day. And so um, I went in to have the DNC and they waited with Moses. He did not have to be alone. And um, yeah, (laughs) so that was horrible. (laughs) It was uh yeah one of the worst things i've ever had to go through and i i hope that never happens again but i i think i never just fully understood you know we know so many women who have miscarried and i guess i just never fully understood that weight yeah um until then yeah but and i had a very good friend who randomly called me from the U.S. and she had 
recently lost a baby and she didn't know any of this was going on. Mm. And, you know, it was just the Lord. Like she called me the night that I came home from the hospital and I told her what had happened and we just cried together Mm. and, and prayed together. And, and she was able to like, I don't know. She said, this is how I like worked through some of it. And I don't know if it'll be helpful for you, but Mm. obviously we didn't know if the baby was a boy or a girl. It was only like 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. but I just really strongly felt that it was a girl. And we named her Makani Hope Ochola. I really felt just to name her and mm-hmm. and honor that life. And I have a friend who does um, lettering stuff, you know, the calligraphy. Mm-hmm. So I in the States, I contacted her and I said, I really want you to make a, a plaque for our baby. And can you send mm-hmm. it to me? And um, so whatever, yeah. not everybody would grieve everyone just grieves so differently. Yeah. But those are things that really, um, helped me to feel like we could honor the life of our baby. Yeah. And remember. That's really pretty. I love that. I like it. Makani. Mm. So cute. Thanks. <laughs> and, um, we, bird. we were trying to naturally wait just a little bit before getting pregnant again to let my body recover a bit. But, um, about six weeks after that, I was pregnant again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and f- like, yeah, how did that feel finding out? Like was, did that feel scary? Were you just excited? Like mm. what were those six weeks in between? Like, I mean, even for yourself personally, but even in your marriage, like I think hard, th- hard things like that sometimes can end up with hard things, you know, like how, what were you feeling? What were you both feeling in between that time? Yeah. Uh, extreme grief. Uh, you know, Moses and I just sat and cried together um, mm-hmm. a lot. I remember like just nights not being able to sleep, but then I was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't know. It's like you grieve together, but I felt like it was so heavy that I didn't want to. I don't know, like I would get up in the middle of the night. I'm like, I just want to let him sleep and not put this on him right now. And I would go in mm-hmm. the living room and just be sobbing and <laughs> and he would come find me and we'd just sit together. But um, yeah, I just, there were so many incredible people who, I don't know, God had randomly reach out to us, you mm-hmm. know, who didn't know, but yeah. Um, and people who had experienced things like that or who had gone through, um, infertility and just God just came through in so many ways. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember f- going through Pinterest and like looking at miscarriages and I don't know that, that was something I really did a lot. It helped me to be able to like visually see different pictures. Mm-hmm. And there was one of kind of the stereotypical Jesus picture that, you see Mm. but it showed jesus holding like this newborn baby in his arms Mm. and like that is the picture that i would look at every day and i was like okay that is where Mm. she is and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's so you weren't that far from the first one so i am sure that even your hormones and emotions were probably still oh yeah crazy (laughs) so even the first Okay, I'm sorry. It was like six weeks after that you found out? 
you were pregnant or six weeks after that you got pregnant? Or mm, <laughs> It was roughly six weeks that we found out. It could have been yeah. seven. Yeah. So it was pretty much ballpark. like two or three weeks later you got pregnant again. Probably. Mm, it was at least a month okay. after yeah. that I actually got pregnant okay. again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was at least a month. So, yeah, we must have found out six or seven weeks okay. after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was extremely fearful, but I remember going to my ladies Bible study group and sharing. I was actually kind of like mad at myself <laughs> because I, I was planning to wait and they say you should wait to let your body recover to have a better chance the next time and all of these things and I was like we weren't trying like we weren't trying to get pregnant and Mm -hmm. I didn't think like we were and this happened and so I'm like maybe I like this will um you know be worse or something right like maybe this will cause another miscarriage because Mm -hmm. I accidentally like rushed into it too quickly and didn't let my body recover enough Mm -hmm. and so I remember like being angry with myself about that and talked it all through with my girls (laughs) at bible study Mm. and they were like Alicia this is obviously incredible like this is amazing. Like, Aww, yeah. And so yeah. feel whatever you're feeling, but it's also a time to like rejoice. So after working through all that initial fear, I just like what the Lord clearly said so much was like, you can't even consider the possibility of miscarriage. Like you cannot have that mindset. You can't say this is what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. going to happen again. Like you cannot do that. Like that is what is going to, bring you through and you're going to have a healthy baby, but you can't focus on that. You can't even think of it. And, and so that was the word. (laughs) So anytime like that fear came in or I was scared that he wouldn't make it, I didn't know it was he at the time, but, um, yeah, I just stuck to that. And I just like prayed over him that this baby was going to be healthy and that everything was going to go right. And it was a really, you know, healthy pregnancy in the beginning. We were having appointments and ultrasounds and it was really exciting. And then, um, we have a good friend who uh, was doing ministry with us and working with us, who was pretty much at our house every day. And we drove him home one night and, the really like potholy road that we live on we had hit a big bump like really too hard I mean I remember all of us kind of like that was quite a a slam or whatever and later that night after we had come home I was bleeding really heavy and I was so scary freaking I was freaking out (laughs) and how far along were you at that point I was about 18 weeks. Okay. So I had passed the first trimester. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the, the gynecologist that I had through my miscarriage and all of that, um, he was a Christian, which is, I guess, another story that I could just tell of 
it was a Muslim hospital that we went to and he is a Christian. Wow. And we called him in the middle of the night and he said, you need to rest and come in first thing in the morning. Um, it had stopped by then, which was wonderful. And, um, he had me on complete bed rest for a while, and things seemed to be calming down. But then, a few weeks later, I went in for another ultrasound, and they said they were really concerned about his chest area. He had hydrothorax, which is just huge amounts of excess fluid in the chest, which could like hinder the development and placement of the lungs and the heart. And he said, Alicia, you know, not everybody I treat would have the option of going to a different country like to treat this. But because you're from the U.S., he said, you you need to go home and you need to go home as soon as possible. Um, and so, again, we got like a second opinion or whatever. He actually sent us to a specialist that was in our capital city. So we went there. They confirmed the hydrothorax. And they were also concerned about him having excess fluid in his head as well. Um, so there was a little discrepancy about the head. That was only from one doctor, but the chest was definitely from both doctors. Well, we had no money in savings. <laughs> I had no money for a plane ticket. We had no plan to come home. We had planned to have the baby in Uganda. And I don't know, there was so, so much swirling around in our heads and we let a few people know and just so that they could pray. And one particular friend of mine said, you need to start a GoFundMe page and you need to come home. <laughs> and I wasn't even sure we should try to come home. I just didn't even know. And I didn't want to be in this position without my husband. And we didn't know if he would be able to come. Right. <laughs> Well, you guys, God is just so cool. <laughs> um, so we decided to put up a GoFundMe page. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's just a fundraising tool for online. And within five days, people had given over $16,000 so that we could process my husband's immigration papers, buy plane tickets, and plan to stay somewhere while we were home. I mean, <laughs> five days. <laughs> That's crazy. And That's amazing. So I was talking to someone to look into like emergency plane tickets. And we were like mad processing immigration papers. And even for him to get a visa, it would usually take months. Even so to get we, an appointment, right? Or Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep, to get his interview appointment. And there's a possibility to expedite the visa in emergency situations, which is what we did. They don't even always accept that. Right. So the first miracle is that they accepted it. <laughs> and he went in for the appointment. I think it was three days. It was just so quick. We found this out. And the next day went to see a specialist four hours away. Three days later, he had an interview, which should have been like three months later. Yeah. He was accepted and got his visa, which so many people get denied. Oh, yeah. Um, people from African countries coming for these types of visas. 
well, he got it. And this whole timing, it was less than two weeks that we found this out. And he had his visa and we were packed and on a plane to come to the U.S. My husband for the first time ever. (laughs) Yeah. You probably didn't even have time to process like... I was thinking about the fact of like, okay, you had just had a miscarriage, not just at that point, but like, you know, in the last year and then finding out like all of that happened so fast that you probably hardly had the time to process like, okay, something could, is maybe really wrong. I mean, I'm sure you also did, but like, yeah, that was probably a lot to think about all in one swoop. (laughs) Yeah, I think there wasn't a lot of emotion going on. Yeah. It was like, it was we like, just we gotta have do to we get gotta this do. done. Like, we just, we have to go home. We have to give this baby the best chance there possibly is. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if we had the emotional side very much until right. landing. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. Yeah. But it, it, God is so good. <laughs> God is so good. And we continue to have people give money even after we came, even after we had what we needed. Mm, It's just his provision in every single way. And my amazing amazing sister and brother-in-law who had a very, very small two-bedroom apartment in um, Rochester, New York, a big city with great like healthcare facilities. So we stayed with them for five months. They, you know, opened their home their tiny little home up to us and we're just so generous and hospitable but um so we came here and during that two weeks of like processing in Uganda I didn't have a doctor's office in this city where my sister lived mine was in a different place up near Carthage New York where I'm from so I had to try to get in as a new patient and make an appointment and All of these logistics, right? Right. So we got in and explained to them everything. And get insurance. I remember that too. Yes. Yep. And try to get that. And and we had to do all of that before Moses could go for his appointment. So that must have all happened in a couple of days. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it did. (laughs) Um, Because we had to have that documentation to prove that there was an emergency. Right. Yeah, it's crazy because, yeah, there's just so much to think about. Like you just, <laughs> oh, yeah, you just came and then, but like, no, you have to do all these things. It's crazy. And my friend Christina in Uganda had been through a similar um, medical emergency and had been through a similar process. And so she really walked me through every step and she would call, did you think of this? Make sure you do this. I want to check your paperwork. Mm. I mean, she was like my my angel like, so during nice. that time. Um, amazing one of the many so i'm so detail oriented i'm trying to give the highlights here (laughs) (laughs) it's okay you're doing great um when we came and went to the doctor they did confirm that uh the baby had hydrothorax but not hydrocephalus which was the extra fluid in the head so his head was completely fine but they were very um, concerned about his chest as they had been in Uganda. And um, we saw a specialist and talked about different options. So they were obviously going to monitor everything really closely. 
And if by a certain point they didn't see any improvement, they were going to do um, an in... Amniocentesis? Um, no. It's like what is, surgery pretty much, right? Like, yes, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in utero, utero surgery? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they would have gone in and done, um, removed the fluid basically while he was still in my womb. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, and they just don't have the facilities to do that at the hospitals in Uganda. So, um, by a certain point they were planning to do that. And then if he was still the same and hadn't gotten worse, there was a possibility of after he was born, they would do that procedure immediately, like after being born. So those were some of the things that we were looking at and we were going in. Um, every two weeks for an ultrasound. Um, so we went a few times. I think it was over the course of four times meeting them, so like two months. And they kept seeing the same thing, that large amount of excess fluid was there. They were really concerned. and But it was not getting worse, so they didn't move forward with a procedure yet. And they still saw that the lungs and the heart were like forming really well. Um, So the next time we went in to see them and, you know, we had gotten to know the specialist and the x-ray techs by that time. They knew who we were and um, Mm -hmm. they knew we had come in from Uganda and all of that. So we're chatting with them and she's looking and she was like, huh. And I like my heart started racing and I was like, no, 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 what's wrong? Why are you like, what is it? You've done that before. (laughs) And she said, well, I'm actually not seeing the extra fluid that we've been seeing. Um, (laughs) but you know, sometimes it's hard to get the right camera angle. And so she was like getting different views views and different instruments and looking. And then she called in her colleague and they were both like, we're really just not seeing it, but you know, you just never know the position of the baby and whatever. And so they called the doctor in as well and they all looked <laughs> and they like didn't want to be too quick to right. like They were like this was like during your ultrasound? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they all said we are not at all seeing that excess fluid that we've been so concerned <laughs> about. But we can't be sure that it's not there. So we want you to come back in a week and just check and see what's there. So we're not saying that it's gone, but we want you to know we're not seeing it today. And that was really obviously very good news. Um, And both Moses and I just really had a feeling that the Lord had already healed the baby. But we waited the week and went back and they said, it's just not here. And they were you know, we don't know why that is. We don't know what has happened. And we said, well, we have had like thousands of people praying and Jesus healed our baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> so the rest of the pregnancy just was great. I mean, everything was forming wonderfully. And on Christmas day, <laughs> our miracle baby was born and he's perfectly 100% healthy. There was nothing at all wrong. And <laughs> so you hear like all of the miracles in there. And the other thing was we have just struggled with 
how to get Moses home and the timing of doing it. And it's just um, expensive. I mean, on our missionary salaries and trying to like figure out when we could do that. Right. Cause and at that point he had, he had never been to the U S never been to in US. general. And he had never met most of your family. He had only met my mom and sister who had visited Uganda and hadn't met my dad or my other three siblings or, you know, my community right, back home. Right. And so not only did we have like access to this incredible, like, you know, these incredible hospitals and facilities, but our baby was healed and my husband got to come and <laughs> meet my family and stay in my country for a while. So yeah. God just moved so many mountains and I'm just so humbled and yeah, in awe and so grateful for our little boy. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And I think it's amazing. Like I know that like as a missionary, like finances are a hard thing, you know? And I think that it's easy to feel like, okay, like what more should I be doing or why is it a struggle and different Mm. ones of us in our lives that can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I love the example in that story of just that if God like has a plan, it will, he'll do it. 100%. in lots of areas with with the visa with the like financially providing with um just all those little parts that obviously mm-hmm. god like it feels like well there's no doubt that he planned for you to come and be here and um i think it it builds my faith for the times when it feels like okay where like where are you god mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I feel like the places that we can see where he worked once, it builds our faith mm, yes. to trust that he's going to do it again and trust that even if it looks different, if it looks like, ah, oh, we hardly have $2 to rub together, two pennies, what is the saying? <laughs> like to trust, <laughs> two mites, <laughs> to trust that he also is in control at that point, not yeah. just when Amen. he's giving you sixteen thousand dollars but also when you don't you know i feel the same um in my life he's provided a lot of times and then there's other times where things do feel really sparse and feel like okay lord what are you doing but i think that we can trust that he will accomplish his purposes and yeah it's just that testimony is so faith building for me Mm -hmm. i love it it's amazing so cool so then you he was born here and you stayed a while and then you went back to uganda Mm -hmm. when he was two and a half months uh we went back to uganda but very shortly after he was born i had a really good friend of mine who i'd gone to college with who is um involved with a ministry called elam who have a Bible school. They're actually our missions organization. So there was an opportunity for Moses to get a full scholarship for one year at Bible college, which he had been asking the Lord for an opportunity to do some kind of seminary or Bible college for, I mean, since before he met me. 
And <laughs> this, I don't know why this was my first response, but my friend messaged me and I shared it with Moses. And I was like, is this, is this the enemy like trying to deter us from God's like plans for mm-hmm. us? Like, I feel like we're supposed to go back to Uganda. Are we supposed to come back here for Bible college? And so for some reason, that was my initial response. And then we both prayed about it and thought about it. And we were like, this is clearly the Lord like to apply for this. And um, we went through all the process of applying just for him getting accepted. And he did. So this was like a month and a half after our baby was born and he was accepted. So we all went back to Uganda and there was still a lot more he had to do to officially get in um, an English proficiency exam and and to get another visa and all of those things and again God completely came through (laughs) yeah in every single little thing and um, human weakness here (laughs) so yeah, God had again like just brought us through all of these different hoops and different logistics of getting ready to come back. So we had packed up our apartment and given away or sold pretty much everything that we had to come back for the year. Um, <clears throat> and we were staying with friends for a couple of days who were going to drive us to the airport. And... <clears throat> Moses obviously had paperwork that he needed. There was paperwork from the school proving he was going to be an international student that he was going to need to have signed upon arrival in the U.S. So, man, we had, like, packed up our house. We had four different families who are housing, like, a couple totes of our personal items. (laughs) And I had everything in order. Our suitcases were organized. I had our passports in my travel bag ready to go. We had our final day with our good friends. These were the same friends who were with us through our miscarriage. They were getting ready to take us to the airport. Had cake with them in the car on the way. Did our hugs. Did our goodbyes. <laughs> got to the airport. My friend texts me, are you guys on your flight? I forgot the paperwork that he needed from immigration to sign and we couldn't so where was it we couldn't fly <laughs> it was stored away at okay. one of my like friend's houses okay oh my word <laughs> like five hours away from where we were oh my goodness <laughs> i want to bang my head against the table right now <laughs> and oh, oh man <laughs> So I was trying to figure, I'm frantically calling the school. Is there any way you can electronically send something we can print out? There was no way. They had physically sent these signed documents and we needed them. So I'm calling the airport. Can we transfer our flights? Is there any option for that? And please come pick us up from the airport and calling my family. Don't pick us up from there. We're not going to be arriving. And oh my goodness. Meanwhile, we called all the people who were storing our things, some we couldn't reach. So we had a friend who traveled to each person's house and looked through our items because I had no idea even whose house it was in. Right. (laughs) Oh, my word. I was sure it was in our travel bag. Um, So we didn't hear from him until the next morning. And he 
came all the way to where we were. He had found the document. <laughs> well, I mean, we had just enough money for our flights. Um, <laughs> so we were able to end up booking new flights because some of our friends in Uganda gave us that money until we could sort out what to do about yeah. the missed flights. Long story short, <laughs> two days later, we were finally on our flight to oh come back word. home. And <laughs> well, home to our U.S. home. Yeah. And um, for Moses to do year at Bible college. So, um, yeah, it's it's been uh, a fulfilled dream for him and just something the Lord had spoken to him. And he's grown and come to life in a lot of ways through this year at school. And just again, like, it's been a big opportunity for us to grow and for him to be in my culture and learn my culture more. And, um, yeah, just for him to be around my family and just to get to know mm-hmm. my world a little bit more. Um, it's been a really, really special year. And through that year at Bible college, um, he has had an opportunity to do an internship this coming year with our missions organization. So he's going to be helping to train missionaries and to debrief people as they come back and just kind of be on the um, admin side of all that's involved with preparing missionaries to be on the field and recruiting missionaries. And so we're, we're really excited about that. And just, you know, we've only been in the missions world for five years, which in the grand scheme of life and all of that, like it's really not very long. But I think in that short time, we have just seen ways that we were unprepared or Mm -hmm. other fellow missionaries or people we've met along the way, just how maybe there could have been more um, training or just more education that could have been like really helpful for them and help them to be more um, prepared and more effective on the field and just help them maybe to, um, you know, I mean, there can be trauma of being places that are, so different from yours or ways where you feel vulnerable or less secure and preparing people for those things so that like even emotional trauma is is less Mm -hmm. and i don't know um i don't know what the lord is gonna do with that desire but it's just something that's been really like deeply developed in moses and i like through the years that we've been there and wanting to help people just be more prepared and yeah that's awesome what is it like, like even the back and forth of, you know, you were born here in the U.S., raised, lived until, you know, you were in your 20s. Then you lived there, experienced that culture, which is very different than here. And then coming back, like I can only imagine that it's kind of maybe a culture shock both ways anytime. Am I right? about that like what's yeah what's that like and how do you adjust and deal with the fact that it is so different and you know you live one way there maybe and one way here and it's crazy (laughs) um I think we're still totally in the middle of learning this yeah um I'm not sure we really know how to do it uh, yet and it's something uh, people used to ask me a lot. I would maybe through the years come and visit home like once a year. Mm-hmm. 
And people from my church would always ask me like, you must be experiencing, experiencing reverse culture shock. And in the beginning, I never really felt it. I don't know why. Maybe because I was just coming home to visit for such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it was easy just to quickly get in the jive of home and to go back. But also some of those times I was still single and I think um, I visited once when I was married, but Moses wasn't able to come. Mm-hmm. So you probably just reverted back to like what was normal young adulthood, like, like what you did or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But this time with us being here, um, I think for the first time in a really big way, I have felt like reverse culture shock and getting used to like being back in my own country again. I think partially because I was here as a single woman and now I've learned how to be a wife and a mom in Uganda mm-hmm. and what our life looks like there. But I'm really still trying to learn how to be a wife and a mom in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just so much that's different. Um, my church, which I was so close to and very much involved with, um, actually was... Um, what's the right word was, was blended in with another really amazing church in the area, but it's so different than it was. It's not the same church and it's a lot of different people. So that sense of community and coming home isn't there even anymore. Mm -hmm. That church doesn't really exist anymore. And um, we're in a different city. We're in a different area. So, I mean, God, orchestrated it all well. I think Moses and I have talked so many times about like what a blessing it was for him and I to come and start fresh together in a new place rather than him having to like fit into what was my normal. Right. He didn't come to your hometown Mm -hmm. because you came to your the U.S. but in a different different place. Okay. That's interesting. And even in Uganda, we are not in his hometown. We are six hours away from where he grew up and where his parents are. And so I just, I'm, I'm really grateful to the Lord for that. Like we have been able to figure out who we want to be as a family without that pressure that can come from being where you grew up, which there would be blessings to that too. But um, I think it's been good for us to have that. Yeah. I think that that's really good. And I was going to say important. It's not like necessary, but I think that it's, I think that that would be cool. I've always said that, that I, like, it's nice that we're here and close to my family, but it would be nice if we were a little more separated just to kind of have it be just the two of us kind of figuring it out together Mm -hmm. instead of just me with my support system. Yeah. It's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. Um, but to answer your thing about, um, culture shock and reverse culture shock, yeah, I think um, I'm still trying to navigate it and Moses is still trying to navigate it. And it's it's really hard at times and it causes friction between us at times. Sure. Um, but we're figuring it out and God is just incredibly gracious. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly been a lot of transition, but it really makes you grow and learn more about each other as well I think Mm -hmm. all right so that was awesome I love hearing all of the miracles that God did just within you 
yeah, getting pregnant the second time and getting you guys here and all of that. It's just so cool. Like, obviously, he wanted you here. Yeah. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it really doesn't, all of that other stuff, like, you know, the fact that he healed him, I mean, that's amazing. But really, he just wanted you here and yeah. he just figured out a way to make it happen. It's just cool. Yeah. And to show you his it. goodness. Thanks um, so much for being with us and yeah, just taking the time to share your story with all of us. Um, would you just tell what, like, if people are interested in finding more, we didn't really talk about what you do in Uganda. We'll have to have you back again. <sighs> I before know, you seriously. Go, before you go back again. Um, but if people want to, like, find you or follow your story and your ministry at all, how they could do that. Um, I think the easiest way is through Facebook. I know people more so use Instagram now, but um, my name on Facebook and my real name <laughs> is <laughs> Alicia Ochola. Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, Ochola, O-C-H-O-L-A. So send me a DM, send me a friend request. We're always um, posting about that. And... Um, that would be the easiest way. And then we can get emails and things like that. But awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to ask what's good about today. What's good about today is that this summer I have had, I've gotten to give Sebastian a bunch of his first experiences. First, uh, boat ride delights. Husband Jordan took him on his first four wheeler ride. Um, first time at the beach. It's just been, uh, really fun. And when we were on, uh, my, my cousin's motorboat, we kept hitting the wake and it was, you know, kind of bumping and crashing and it was really fun. He was laughing the whole time and, and so it was boom, boom, boom. And that's what he said for the whole boat ride. And <laughs> and so, so he just like keeps talking about it. So today I was getting ready to give him a nap. And it's so funny the way kids' minds works and just like what they randomly remember at random mm-hmm. times. And we're laying there. He's falling asleep. And he goes, boat? Boom, boom, boom. Wow. <laughs> wow. So what's amazing. good about today so is just seeing um, – sorry – seeing the world through my toddler's eyes and just the the adventure and the joy that he has i love it i love it so fun they're so cute all of them i know Mm -hmm. it's amazing sound like a cat yeah i think it must be outside the window (laughs) they want some milk (laughs) they want to listen all right thanks again alicia we love you thank you we bless you and everything that you put your hands Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a good day, everyone. Have a good day.